Welcome to the Say It Out Loud podcast. I'm your host, Vasavi Kumar. If you're eager to gain clarity, speak with unwavering confidence, and liberate those inner voices, you're in the perfect spot. My mission here is to empower you to break free, find fulfillment, and ignite your passion. You ready? It's time to say it out loud. I've put together a guide of my top 10 tested and proven to work practical strategies and habits to help bright women like you say no, set your boundaries right, live confidently, and build healthy relationships, starting with the relationship you have with yourself. This is a self-paced guide, and I can't wait for you to dig into it so you can start becoming your most confident self because she's in there waiting for you. Head to the link in my show notes or go to vasavikumar.com forward slash guide and grab it today. Society has taught white people that everything is for them. Everything. So and even the Om and the Namaste, like it is like, they, you know, the British go and colonize like all the countries and decide that everything that those countries have belong to them. And so in general, in society, white people have been taught that there are no boundaries for them. But people like you and me, we're taught from when we're very young, there are certain boundaries. Now, I probably have more boundaries than you do. Totally. But we're all taught there are boundaries with these white people. So we must either, you know, be fried, like, you know, don't, don't upset them. Don't, up, don't tell them that you, they can't have it. Don't tell them this. Don't tell them that. So now is the time that we're done doing that. We're done. Y'all remember when George Floyd was murdered and we all uh, were at home quarantined and the entire world got to see this. And from there, a revolution began. Well, today's episode is a reminder that Black Lives Matter is not just a moment in history, it is a movement. It is every single day needs to be at the forefront that the lives of all black people matter. Like the fact that that even still needs to be a hashtag is so disheartening because how, why does that even need to be a conversation, right? Like this should be the way it is. This should be like understood that the lives of black people matter. And I am really honored to have my guest today on the show, Vivian Kay. Um, I was introduced to her by my friend, and I'll get more into it in the actual interview. You guys will listen to it. Um, <clears throat> I um, really wanted to have Vivian on because she helped me grow a set of balls, okay? I have no problem calling people out and um, being direct, but she she took that to another level, and in a level that was much needed with everything that is going on right now in our world, in our country, that needs to be happening. There is not anything that's going on right now in our country that should not be happening. This is exactly what needs to be happening. And so Vivian, I brought her on the show. Um, not only is she uh, an extremely successful business owner, she's the founder and CEO of Kinky Curly Yaki, a premium textured hair extension brand for black women. And she's grown her um, annual revenue to over 1 million. She's a business encouragement coach, Shopify expert. So if you're into e-commerce, you want to start selling your stuff on e-commerce, uh, you know, Shopify, she's your girl. I brought her on because she, to me, exemplifies somebody that is more committed to the larger movement than she is to looking good for others. It is so easy to keep our mouth shut. It is so easy to not say anything because we don't want to rock the boat. It is so easy to not call out our family members and our racist ass friends. And 
I wanted to bring Vivian on because if you have been witness to the people in your life saying things that you know are wrong, completely wrong, extremely racist, and you've been swallowing your words because you're afraid of what they might think, then this episode is definitely for you. If you're triggered by this conversation and if you're like, Voss, why do you got to talk about this? Well, here's the thing. Black people are human beings and this is the Being Human with Voss and Me podcast. So y'all know I don't hold anything really back from you guys. By now, you should probably know where I stand politically, socially. And um, if you have a problem with that, I don't know what to tell you. So uh, unsubscribe button is, you know, probably around here somewhere. But I don't think I really attract people in my life that are um, hateful. So I love y'all. I want you to keep listening to this interview. I really think it's going to get you fired up and, and spark that fire within for you to say something if you see something and hear something. Hello to my brilliant Being Human with Vasavi community. I'm your host, Vasavi Kumar, licensed therapist, confidence mindset expert, business strategist, and a first-generation Indian immigrant woman on a relentless mission to bring you simple and tangible actions and advice to help you step up your life and business. Get ready for unfiltered and unscripted conversations with some of the brightest and realest people I know in mental and emotional health, marketing, and business to help you get out of your head and get moving. I am super excited to share a few ways that you can work with me. You can learn more more about those at vasavikumar.com or on my Instagram page at my name is Vasavi. The first way to work with me is directly in a one-on-one VIP capacity. This is a very high-level, high-touch, personalized opportunity to dig deep with me by your side to excavate your limiting beliefs and work through whatever is stopping you from being, doing, and having anything you want. And you'll be taking a lot of action. The second way to learn from me and be surrounded by people who are committed to becoming the person they were born to be is through my membership community. Mind your own business. To join the community, head on over to VasaviKumar.com. And now it's time for another episode of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. All right. Well, after a few weeks of stalking this beautiful woman and bright and brilliant and strong woman, Vivian Kay on Instagram, we're finally here. Hello, Vivian. Hello, Basavi. How are you? I am great. I wish the audience could just see how bright and colorful your background is. You have like a beautiful fuchsia. Your nails are like neon yellow. You're just so vibrant. I'm Thank truly, you. I'm truly, you're welcome. I'm truly um, excited and thrilled to talk to you. And so I want my audience to know how I found you, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, it was, it, it's not just cool. It was very relevant and timely. And you really inspired me also to start uh, speaking up. It was, uh, it was right when everything was going on with George Floyd and my friend, my good friend, Alison Bird sent me a video that you posted on your IGTV. And she was like, you need to hear this woman. And you posted this video calling out someone on the internet, a podcaster, a very well-known podcaster. And you, and you called out how, you know, just, just, you know, a week ago, two weeks ago, she hadn't had any woman of color, no black women on her page. And then right when all this was going on, she posted, oh yeah, this is like my most recent interview. Right. And it was like, it was like the token black girl, right. Mm -hmm. Who happened to be my friend, Allison. What I was most inspired and um, what I respected about you the most is let me just say this on the internet, right? The internet for me feels a lot like Saved by the Bell or like the like uh, Beverly Hills 90210. You know, like, 
<laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a great analogy. Yeah. It, it's like high school and I yeah. was never the cool girl ever. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it takes a lot of balls to call out people who have bigger numbers or a bigger following and to be like, that shit is bullshit. That takes so much courage, Vivian. And I drew that courage from you into my own messaging, into my own, because I was like, what am I, what am I not speaking up for? And here I am teaching people to speak up. I just, I want to get inside your head and I want to ask you, up until that point, you know, you maybe hadn't said much. Maybe you hadn't called people out, I'm assuming, right? Nope. No, nope. I was just keeping my, keep minding my business. Minding your business. What was it that truly triggered you or just kind, and I don't want to say triggered, but what was the thing that snapped that was like, screw this. I'm not sitting on, I'm not going to just sit and be a bystander anymore. Um, honestly, it was because what I saw was people just doing that, you know, what we now know is called performative allyship. So, um, you know, it was a whole, you know, honestly it started with Amy Cooper because, you know, as sad as it sounds, we're used to seeing black people in the media. We're used to hearing about black people in the media getting, you know, being killed, harassed, whatever the case may be, um, by the police. And it's just, you know, it's, it's become so commonplace. It just sort of washes over you. But of course there was something about George Floyd as well. But for me, Amy Cooper, something about Amy Cooper really, really got me. And I think it was because she was exercising her white privilege that she knew she had on a man that was not bothering her. She, the man was just asking her to do the thing that she was supposed to be doing in the park. And she decided that, no, you were not going, you're not about, you're not about to inconvenience me to follow the rules because that's not what I, that's not what I do. You, who are you to tell me what to do? And the fact that this was a, um, you know, it's not like the guy was a quote-unquote thug. He was a bird watcher, Harvard-educated, well-dressed black man who happens to be gay, and she still, and she still threatened to call the police on him, and then performed this whole thing, acting like she was being attacked and threatened. And when I saw that, it really struck me because it's like I have a six-year-old son, and it doesn't seem to matter no matter how well he dressed how well spoken he was how 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 much education he has there's still some white person who will just pull their white privilege and and decide that they will just destroy his life because they were inconvenienced so that's what really that's what really stood out to me and so then you know i in you know i've been in this coaching space for a while and i've been watching a lot of these coaches but i just haven't said anything um and so then angie this this one in particular is the one that really stood out to me because she was using a lot of black vernacular all the time, but I didn't see it reflected in the people who followed her or in the people she put on her stages or in um, the people she had on her podcast. So I just thought, you know, you make mental notes of these types of people and you sort of file it in the back of your head. And then someone drew someone, and it's not like I was, you know, looking for her, but someone drew her attention to me and, um, and she was crying 
because she had shut off all her comments and she was crying. She was saying, I'm human and I, I'm not perfect. And blah, blah, blah. What, what is this woman crying about? Because I remember the week before someone had called her out because she was always using the black vernacular, but not having people on her, on her conference, like no one represented that culture. And I remember going to her page and looking at these people on the, on the panels and none of them were black. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. I'm not even going to rock the boat because I cannot be bothered. And then when she came back and she was crying and I went back and looked at her page, boom, there was Allison. So I was like, hold up. <laughs> Cause I was like, maybe is it like, you know, is it the coronavirus and my memories just, you know, am I, am I overwhelmed? Am I feeling emotions? Like, am I, am I dreaming? I asked several people. I'm like, is it just me or is this black woman not on her website a week ago? And they were like, no, she wasn't Vivian. I'm like, okay, you know what? Even though they say that, let me just make sure I have my receipts. Because if, if there's one thing us people of color understand is to always have receipts because you don't ever want, you know, a white person saying, oh, well, you know, to discredit you. So you yeah. always have to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row. So I was like, let me make sure I have my ducks in a row. So I went to the way back. I went to the way back machine, archive.org. And there it was. There were no people of color on her website. And now they suddenly appeared. So I was like, you know what? I am tired of walking on eggshells around these types of women who all of a sudden are crying. They just pull out their white tears. Well, you know what, girl? I'm tired of having to walk on eggshells around you. I'm tired of having to like, you know, don't pull the race card. I have to pull the race card because this shit needs to stop. And so I was just honestly, I was just sick of it. I was just sick of, I was just sick of the whole thing. I'm sick of all these white coaches using all this, everything that makes black people cool to, and they monetize it. All the things that they made us ashamed of, our hips, our lips, our language, our hair, our everything. Now they've turned around and monetized everything. And we have no parts of that. We're not making money off that stuff. All that stuff you shamed us, you shamed us for. Mm -hmm. So I was just, I just got tired, man. I just got tired. I was done. It was over. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. If they don't like it, they can go kick rocks with flip flops. I could care less because in one, I are, I run my own business. It's not like I work for anyone. So it's only my own reputation. And listen, if again, if they don't like what I have to say, then that's not my problem. But it, what needs to be said has to be said. It's speak out season, right? So why not? What, what do I have to lose? I love that you just said speak out season. And I feel like I'm going to just, I'm going to just say this right now that I too, now I'm going to, I openly share this. I'm a Brown woman, but I am a privileged Brown woman. And I acknowledge that almost on every single podcast episode. Um, Indians, Indians have been coined the model minority, right? So the system is not structured to oppress people that look like me. Right. And I know this, so I have a lot of privilege uh, being born and raised in this country, my parents being, you know, retired cardiologist, retired CPA, I've never had a lack of access to anything. Do I know what it feels like? Obviously, growing up on freaking Long Island, New York, being one of only Indian families uh, in an all-white town, of course, but I do not understand. I, I don't wake up every day not really, never feeling like I can't show up fully. I don't feel that. And I'm not even going to say that I even, uh, I, I, I deal with that. I'm, I'm aware of my brownness, but I've never felt like I couldn't show up fully because of it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, I, and I too have, you know, when I see the Jenna Kutchers and the Rachel Hollises and the Marie Forleos and the Angie Lees, the first thought in my head is why the hell aren't there? And I say, why aren't there brown people? Why aren't there black people? And what that does, it's funny 
how I've had to de-pedestal a lot of people because what happens is when I see people with huge followings and I'm like, well, there's not anyone that looks like me. Even I have very high confidence. I've worked very hard on my self-esteem. I told you I'm, I'm over a year sober. I feel very good about myself, but something happens within when you see these white influencers and white coaches with all white everything. And it makes you wonder, like, am I not good enough? It makes you question yourself, even though you damn well know how qualified you are and how smart you are and how real you are. Yep. You know? And I'm and I and I know you posted actually follow up videos from that. Like that wasn't the only video that you posted. No, I was like, let me just run with this. Um, but yeah, no, I posted a video because what what these coaches were doing uh, or these influencers were doing were either muting themselves or muting comments so that people couldn't express how they felt or their disappointment or whatever it was that they wanted to to express, and they were deleting things. And it's like, listen we do not expect you to get this right. No one does. And, you know, and it's unfair for me. It's unfair for anyone to expect you to get this right. However, I do expect you to acknowledge that you've been wrong or that you've done wrong. And so what, and so then I just, I needed them to know that. Like, listen, girl, I don't, telling me that you're going to donate to the Black Lives Matter Fund, that's great. But if you're going to continue to do this shit, that's, that's not cool either. So turn on your comments, let it, let the criticism wave, like ride over you. Let it like, just, this is not about you. Yeah. It's not about you. It's about acknowledging the people who you've hurt and it's about letting them express how they feel and how, and, and learning how you can change that. Let's take a quick break. Having been in therapy since the age of 12, I know firsthand just how powerful the process of finding the right therapist is. Going to therapy and talking things out with my therapist has made me happier, clearer, and most importantly, I have a plan for my mental health. I have tools to be able to communicate with others and also the tools to cope when life gets hard, which it does. So let me ask you a question. Is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Regardless if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human who lives in this world who is going through a hard time, Therapy can give you tools to approach your life in a very different way. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. And this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched with the therapist. There's a link in my description. It's betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. Clicking that link helps support this podcast, but it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp so you can connect with the therapist and see if it helps you. And because finding a therapist is a little like dating, if you don't really fit with that therapist, which is a common thing with therapy, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost without stressing out about insurance, who's in your network, or anything like that. I don't know where I would be without the help of therapy and my therapist, but I do know that life would feel that much harder. So if you're struggling, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Click the link in the description or visit betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. Thank you again, BetterHelp, for supporting this podcast. 
I think the most disappointing thing, and, and honestly, I'm not really disappointed. I'm actually not surprised at all. Is like how you, not you, how, how a lot of these influencers and coaches that are, you know, all about the, the mindset and being responsible for your life and blah, blah, blah. But it's like when the finger is pointed on them, it's like, well, I didn't mean to. Everybody knows you didn't. No one means to, right? Unless you're a total sociopath, you're a full-blown racist, right? right, nobody, right. nobody means to do anything. But taking right. full responsibility. And, you know, the one thing that I can go on and on about is, is when people are like, well, I didn't, I didn't start slavery. I wasn't a slave owner. It's like, I understand, dipshit, that you, you yourself didn't, but you have benefited from the system, right? Yep. That is a very hard pill to swallow. I understand as a, as a social worker, as a licensed therapist who studied social injustice, racial injustice, I got my master's in social work, and this is what I delved into because uh, I just... I always, I always seem to pick the subjects that I feel the most like I need to do something, but I feel so powerless in it, right? Like there's such right. a powerlessness feeling that comes along with it, but it's also like, what part can I play? I understand it's not easy to accept where you're wrong. I do. I understand. And especially you've created this, you know, these influencers have created these huge platforms where people mm -hmm. are idolizing them. Yeah. But I, what I wish people could see is like, if you just owned up to it and say, I don't know what I don't know. And I, I may have unintentionally caused a lot of harm and I'm aware that I've done that. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Boom. Like, I'm not just saying like, leave it at that, but like just owning it. Like, you know, yeah. what were you, let, let me ask you this. When you spoke out the first time, and I know you've spoken out multiple times after that, what were you hoping? What, what, what was the, did you just do it because you're like, fuck it, I can't handle this. But what were, or was there like an outcome that you were looking for? No, I wasn't. I just wanted to speak. I just wanted to, my voice to be heard. That's all it was. And, yeah. and I, and, you know, even after I did it, there were a bunch of black women came to, like, you know, DM'd me and said, thank you for saying the things that I can't say. Right. Because either they're, and, you know, it doesn't just apply to just, you know, the white influencers slash coaching space. It applies to women that are at nine to fives. Right who cannot speak for themselves. So I, I didn't have, I wasn't, it's with anything. Everything I do does not have a plan. It just, it's just stuff that I just do. It's just something I felt in the moment that needed to be done. Um, and then after that first video, and then the second video came about because I was like, wow, these girls really, these women really don't know what to do with themselves. Like they're really falling all over themselves, doing all sorts of screwed up stuff. Let me, let me see if I can help them set themselves straight. Because listen, this is not supposed to be comfortable because they were looking, they were trying to, you know, fit stuff into their feet and into their, you know, make it look mm. pleasing to the eye and all that. And it's like, girl, that's not what this is about. This is not pretty. It's not, it's not a, a glow up. It is the most, one of the most ugliest things that you have to do. It is a huge unlearning. It is uncomfortable, but guess what? Growth is uncomfortable. If you really want to make a difference, if you really want to have to change, get ready to be uncomfortable. Because these are things that we've been feeling like all, like I'm 42 years old. I've been feeling this way all my life. You're going to be uncomfortable for two weeks and you're whining and complaining. I've been uncomfortable all my life. So you're going to sit there and listen when I tell you the things that you need to stop doing or you need to change or you need to help change because guess what? I don't have the power or the platform to do it. You do. That's, you know, when I, when I saw your video, I remember I, I like felt your anger. I felt it so much. And I, there are times that, and I just want to say this, I had a girlfriend reach out to me who I got my master's with 
and she's a black woman and she goes, I'm so like, she goes, I want to say something, but I'm afraid people are going to think I'm like the angry black woman. I go, listen, no matter how you say it, people are going to perceive you as the angry exactly. black woman. I was exactly. like, so fuck it. Like, just say what you want, however you want to say it. Stop exactly. walking on eggshells. You're always going to be judged. And that's a sad, but kind of liberating truth. It's a little, yeah. it's, a, it's liberating. You're like, fuck it. You're going to judge me. You know, you know, no matter how softly I speak, no matter, you know, how articulate, I'm saying this in quotes, how articulate you, I mean, even Obama, right? People were so surprised at how eloquent he was. And we see our president Trump, right? Like no matter what, how smart you are, how many degrees you have, no matter how well you speak, you're still going to be looked at as an angry black woman. And that's what I said to my girlfriend. I was like, fuck it. Just say what you want. What I, um, what I really learned from you, honestly, is um, giving myself the permission to be pissed. I um, like really being pissed and anger is something that I, uh, I, I've had to work very hard on my anger because it's gotten me into a lot of trouble. Like I, yeah, I can. <laughs> it, it's gotten me into a lot of trouble. Like back in the days in my, in my drug usage, alcohol days and, and you know, it, it, it's gotten me into a lot of trouble. So I've had to like reel in my anger. And when I heard you speak, it gave me an outlet, like all the injustices that I have felt my whole life for people who I knew couldn't, couldn't speak up for themselves and people didn't give a shit about their lives. Like I, you just allowed me to feel stuff that I had suppressed for so long. So I just want to once again say thank you for that. Um, what kind of backlash, if any, did you deal with? None, actually. That's amazing. None. That's amazing. Because I mean, even then, it's like, even, I, you know, uh, actually, that's not true. So I've, you know, with my comments, I know my comment section, there are people who were just caught up in the whole black vernacular. So it's like, so you're saying I can't say, hey, girl, you're saying I can't say, hey, sis, like they were really caught up in like those minute details. And it's like, wow, that's what you're choosing to focus yeah. on. You're choosing to focus on what you can't do. How about the fact that we can't breathe? How about the fact that we have to tell, I have to tell my six-year-old how to conduct himself in public so that nobody gets the wrong idea and, and calls the police on him? How about that? But you want to focus on the fact that you can't say, hey, girl, anymore. It's so funny how people, when they think about having equality for all, they look at it as oppression for themselves. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. So we're asking you to stop saying something or at least trying to educate you. Like I, what I keep saying, I'm listen, I'm not the vernacular police. I'm not going to sit here and be like, ah, 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 you can't say that. No. But what I'm going to do is educate you on the origins of, of what you're saying and why you're saying it and why we feel you shouldn't be able to say it. It's how I feel about yoga culture. Mm. And the fucking namaste. Yeah. Namas yeah. Or, oh my God, here in, yeah. uh, you know, the, 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 the vino and vinyasa, like you don't drink after you do. I mean, it's just not even a thing like, and it's just the appropriation of it. And yesterday I was walking on the trails. I live in Austin, Texas. And this like big old white guy was wearing the shirt with the Om on it. And Om is a very holy symbol mm -hmm. uh, for us Hindus. And I just, I found myself walking extra fast. I mean, I got, my, I got about 9,000 steps in because I was like heated up. I was just like, why is that okay? Why is it okay for Lululemon to make money off of the namaste and the namaste? Like, why is that okay? And I just, um, it feels so overwhelming, right? It feels so overwhelming. Like, well, and that mentality though, and this is why I respect you so much is if every single person had the mentality that I sometimes do have, I'm not going to lie, which is like, well, I'm just one person. And I remember, let, let me tell you this, a few weeks ago in Austin, we had our march, mm -hmm. we had a march, 
my friend invited me to come and um, I woke up on Sunday like ready to go. And then there was a voice in my head that was like, does it really matter if I show up? Like I couldn't even believe that I was saying it. And I caught myself because I work on my mindset every day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? Is it, does it really matter if I show up? If every single person thought like that, does it really matter if I show up? We wouldn't be having the biggest civil rights movement that we've had. You know what I mean? In years. Right. So, yeah. You always have to think of it like this. If you, if you, if you catch yourself thinking, Oh, but what, am, what difference am I going to make? Do not underestimate the power that you can have on um, just, just for yourself or even just helping one person because doing that one thing for one person could avalanche or it could snowball into other things. It's just like if you apply it to just life, if you're trying to, you know, lose weight or, uh, or, you know, get more steps in, you don't get more steps in by running a, a marathon, by running a sprint, you get more steps in by running a marathon, right? So you take everything, every little steps count, every little step counts. I call it the big little steps. So everything that you think is insignificant, if you keep doing them eventually, like it's like climbing up a mountain, right? Or even a, a marathon, you get, you start running a marathon by putting on shoes and then by getting out of your bed or wait, I guess you get out of bed first, then yeah. by putting, then putting on your shoes, then going for a walk, then going for a jog, then going for like, you build yourself up to it. We're not asking things to change overnight. Yeah. You know, changing things to Martin Luther King Boulevard probably isn't as helpful as it could be as arresting the, the people who, who killed the Breonna Taylor, but it's a start, but we expect you to keep going. We expect you to finish that race. We expect you to get to that, to the end of that finish line, but you have to start somewhere. I agree. I got to tell you, as, as grandiose of a gesture of painting Black Lives Matter on a street, yeah, it, it's a, it seems showy. Let's do the actual thing, though. Like, I think that's great. Like, great. Put it out there. But I'm like, this just seems so American. It seems like it's like a big, grandiose gesture. It's a show. It's a show, but not willing to do the things that is leading up to you having to paint Black Lives Matter on a street, right? Yeah. Black, Black, that's just a, that's just like, okay, look, pretty, pretty bow, pretty bow on this huge problem. Yeah. Sexy Band-Aid. It's a lipstick sexy on, Lipstick on a pig. That's, a, that's exactly what my father would say. He goes, you put a lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. It just seems very mm -hmm. showy. And when people mm -hmm. are like, well, oh my God, we named a street or, you know, it's called, I'm like, I don't give a shit. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't do anything. It, it, there's no concrete action steps, right? So um, I, I know uh, for me, I was exhausted during all of that. I took like two, two days off and then I said, no, get back up because there are people that live with this every single day. No, no rest days for you, Vasavi. But I can imagine for you, obviously having dealing with this your entire life and you're also outputting more energy, right? Whether it's through your, your, your videos, your feed, having conversations with people in your DM, what did you do to restore yourself on a I day? I started buying plants. I think I saw that. I think I saw that on your started buying plants. Because I, because I, I started to feel, I just started to feel really tired and really depleted. And my energy was just, and, and, and on top of that, like I doubled my followers in like a week. Yes, I saw that. And yeah, so it was really overwhelming. 
Um, and, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, I need, like, you know, it was like, it just, people started needing me more. I need you to say more. And they were sending me all these other people doing, you know, trash stuff. And it's like, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, you know what? I, you know, even though I have my son and I still do take care of him, I just needed something else Mm -hmm. that didn't need anything from me, but water and love. Right. And just good energy. So I started investing in plants. I, uh, do, you, do, you have a, do you have a specific type of plant that you find is uh, easiest for you to deal with? Mine is like succulents. and No, I actually don't like succulents. Succulents really? are too, yeah, they're too finicky for me. <laughs> I enjoy the ones that need water and need, need care. So I have, you know, at least 50 plants now. I have plants before, but it really, like over the past five weeks, I've really like, I really upped my plant in, intake, I guess you could say. Yeah. But no, I love, I love foliage. So I love big leafy, um, leafy variated, uh, sorry, variegated pink, green, yellows, neons. I just, I love them. I just love it. Just looking at your backdrop right now, for all, I, I already shared this with you guys in the beginning. Like, it just makes me so happy. Very regal colors. Like the, your, your wall color is like, was my uh, wedding dress. I had a big old fat back, oh, in the, yeah. back in the day when I was married. Well, well you're in Canada, right? Are there a lot of Indians yeah. where you're at? I, oh Yeah. Where are you at in Canada? Oh, yeah. I'm, so I'm just outside Toronto. That's, oh, you're in Toronto? Brown. Oh, yeah. My best friend is brown. Like, it's, it's, it's black. It's everybody. Oh, my God. Everybody's that's... up here. Yeah. yeah. You got all the really rich, luxurious colors, so it makes me yeah. very Indian. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hey there, this is Vasavi, and my membership community, Mind Your Own Business, is the official sponsor of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. Have you been looking for a community of people who get you, who think like you, and who are determined to becoming the person they were born to be? I'm talking no fluff, direct, real, and a raw community of people who are open-minded and willing to be honest with themselves and be the ultimate creators of their own life. Then I'm inviting you to join my subscription-based membership community, Mind Your Own Business, a community of people who you can turn to, to seek insight from, and give back to. And I'll be there by your side, leading bi-weekly, monthly membership calls that'll get you inspired, motivated, and on fire to go after anything you want. Join today by heading over to VasaviKumar.com. Do you, um, in your business... Um, did you focus? Well, so let me ask you this. Has the messaging in your business shifted with everything or do you, did you kind of compartmentalize like your business is your business and your messaging around BLM is BLM? Like how, how no, it's always been, cause I've always been a black woman. It's not something I could hide. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, if anything, what I've done is, um, you know, to give white women a greater understanding of what we're going through. I've, and I've always talked about him and, you know, um, and that's the Chad, like what would Chad do? So he's that, for me, Chad is that mediocre white guy um, who's doing all the things he should not be doing, but he's doing it because he has the audacity, right? And I, what I did was I was like, well, how can I get these white women to really understand what I'm talking about? And I'm like, fuck, everyone knows a Chad. It doesn't matter if he's like, if you're brown, black, white, Chinese, like whatever it is, you know a Chad. So I was like, let me reintroduce this Chad person so that these white women can understand. I'm like, okay, so you know Chad, right? And every woman's like, yes, I yeah. do know Chad. I'm like, so just imagine that's Chad, but except he's a white guy for us. Mm. And he's always doing that shit, except it's all you guys. It's Rachel, it's Karen, it's Chad, it's Brad. It's all you just doing that shit day in and day out. So imagine, so you see how annoyed you are with Karen and Chad? 
that's how we feel all the time. Mm-hmm. And so then when I said that, it's like, it, it was like, I get that. I understand that. Or even, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was on a panel for the Globe and Mail. And the Globe and Mail here in Canada is like the New York Times of Canada. So I was on a panel. They had invited me to be on this panel to talk about uh, being an entrepreneur during COVID time. So I had nothing to do with race. Um, and there was this one white guy who joined. And I didn't even say anything about race because I spoke to being a female entrepreneur, being a female e-commerce entrepreneur and the challenges that I faced just in that space. And he said, Vivian is just looking for a handout from the white establishment. And so then, um, and so then of course I was like, at first I was going to sweep it under the rug because I'm used to this, those types of comments. I was like, wait, no, I'm going to show my audience. This is a type of shit that we deal with all the time. And so when I showed it to them, they were like, but what? And I'm like, this is what happens all the time. And it's like, now that we're starting, and that's the thing, because we are so used to sweeping all these minor indiscretions, like all these minor, like these, um, what do they call them? The transgressions, Mm -hmm. all these micro transgressions, we're used to sweeping them under the rug. But now we're going to show them to you as they are, as it's happening, so that you understand this is what we've been talking about. So it's not like this George Floyd and Amy Cooper, all this stuff is just stuff that just popped up. It's this not is new. shit that's been happening. It's nothing new. Yeah. This has been happening. But every time we talked about it, you said we were angry. You said we were complaining too much. You said, but you have a black friend, so you should be able to say nigger. Like, that's like, I don't care if the song says that that's not for you to say. Mm. Right? So right. that's the thing. It's like, what does this teach? Like, Society has taught white people that everything is for them. Everything. So and even the Om and the Namaste, like it is like, they, you know, the British goes and colonize like all the countries and decide that everything that those countries have belong to them. And so in general, in society, white people have been taught that there are no boundaries for them. But people like you and me, we're taught from when we're very young, there are certain boundaries. Now, I probably have more boundaries than you do. Totally. But we're all taught there are boundaries with these white people. So we must either, you know, be fried, like, you know, don't, don't upset them. Don't, up, don't tell them that you, they can't have it. Don't tell them this. Don't tell them that. So now is the time that we're done doing that. We're done. I want to, I, I'm, uh, I got my blood pressure up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give, you, I'll give you a second to chill. I'll give you a second to chill. I, oh, I, go ahead. I'm good. What, what really struck me was how I'm not gonna I, I'm, I'm not gonna hold back because this is my podcast but like I have always had just a like a little bit of fear around older white women especially like older yeah. white women like yeah. um it's funny my first therapist ever when I was 12 was like an older white woman and I loved her like she was just she was very uh culturally aware she didn't like i had another therapist after her that like didn't understand why hindus prayed to elephant gods or monkey gods and i would try to explain to her like they're just symbols right like the elephant god we don't pray to the elephant but it just i would just always have to over i just always have to explain myself all the time and what i'm really thinking about is like as you're saying this and i'm reflecting in my own life like always just feeling like can't rock the boat always feeling like i have to be this mod like it's 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 a lot of pressure right like in in the american culture western society 
people expect black people to fuck up. They expect them to go to jail. They expect like we, they, they've kind of had this type of conditioning like, oh, well, that's just the way all black people are. And it's on the other end. For the Indian side, it's like we're always expected to succeed. We're always expected to be on our best behavior. The yeah. the mo- and like that, that comes with us a whole set. Either, either one sucks. I mean, my lives are, I mean, but Indian people's lives are not being killed, like at the rate that black people are. But I'm just thinking about the pressure that it places to always have to, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If you're told enough times, you're nothing. And you're not, your life doesn't matter. And you're never going to make it. And, you know, it's not just one person, right? It's the entire country. It's an entire system telling you this. You're going to live up to that. Even if deep down you don't want to be that way. That is a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I've had to work through one of my my mentors, um, Lisa Nichols. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Yeah. She was my first mentor 10 years ago. (laughs) I actually have a problem with some of the people in her circle. So... A quick story. Yeah. I remember seeing Tony Robbins and whatever. They had an ad. They were promoting something. And I remember Lisa Nichols being on the bill, but they didn't, but they didn't put her in any of the ads. Mm-hmm. And so I remember writing to them and being like, is she not part of your thing? Like, is she not yeah. part of this? But they weren't advertising her. They were advertising all the white people, though. Yep. That's... So. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad you said that because this is something that we see all the time, right? Yeah. They're just putting the... There's, there's not enough, even if there is representation, there's not enough like publicity to that. They're, not at, they're not at the forefront. They're yeah. hidden. Yeah, they're hidden. And Sorry, you were saying. No, no, no. It's, it's, I, this is how I converse. I love it, please. Um, but I, fuck, I don't even remember what I was going to say. You were talking about um, Lisa Nichols. Was oh, so one, of, one of the things that Lisa Nichols said to me, uh, because I, I was in her, speak in, uh, her speaker training and I told her I'm very, I was living in Kansas City at the time. I'm a New Yorker born and raised, okay? Living in Kansas City, Kansas, not even Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas, Kansas City. And with my new husband, not knowing anybody, and uh, I was trying to get more speaking gigs. I was 28. I was a 28-year-old therapist and life coach, right? Like I'm already insecure because I'm like, what do I know about life? But I always had a passion to help people. And I remember I told her like, oh, the junior league of Kansas City, which is like all white, asked me to speak. And I just said to her, I'm really intimidated walking into a room full of white people speaking and something happens to me. Even though I am, I have two masters. I am Ivy league educated. I was raised well. I'm a good person. I'm a great speaker. I have my head on my shoulders. I still feel like I am being judged. And I, I refuse to speak in front of white audiences for a very long time. In fact, I only spoke in front of black audiences and Brown audiences because I felt more comfortable. And I remember she said to me, if you really want to grow, you have, you have to not get over it, but like, yeah, you got to just see human beings as human beings. I have to work through my own stuff though. So I'm just wondering with you, when you do speaking events and stuff, do you, do you, do you feel that way? Do you feel that way? Or do you gravitate towards more black and brown audiences? It depends. So I remember, um, I did a, I, I spoke at an event. I want to say last, last fall. And I was advertised as, you know, the, the speaker. I was speaking about brand. So I created a course uh, in collaboration with this co-working space. Mm-hmm. And it's advertised that I am going to do this workshop live. So if you want to come and learn about this particular topic, you can pay money to come and see me. So I get there and there's this one older white woman. And she decides that, um, you know, I'm just sort of introducing myself and talking. Okay, so what do you do? This is a crowd of like maybe 30, 40 people. She decides she wants to start questioning my qualifications as to why 
I am the one standing up here talking about what I'm doing. Please tell me what she asked. I just need to know. Oh, she was just like, so I have a degree in this, that, and the other. And da, da, so I understand that you don't. I'm like, yeah, I don't. I don't have a degree in marketing. I don't have a degree in, in anything like that. Um, and so she was like, okay, well, then this is what I do. And she was like, you know, telling me her qualifications. And I'm like, that's great. And she's like, so I, I just need to just walk me through this. Like, how did you get to be like where you are? And I'm like, Call so work. let me get this straight. You paid money to come and see me speak here. And you're now sitting here questioning my qualifications. I have 15 years as an entrepreneur. I've done 6 million in sales as an e-commerce entrepreneur. And I have no education to back it up. But here I am. And you paid to come and see me. Did is that, is that, that enough? Her? Is that enough? Is that enough for you? Did you say that? That, shut, that shut her the fuck up. Um, so, uh, God, I got to be like you. I want to just, I want to be you right just now. Just do it. Just do, listen, if, if, if someone has hired me to come and speak at that, at that, um, at that, like, you know, let, let's not, let's, you know, let me, let me, let me rewind. It's not that I don't get imposter syndrome. There are times where I'm like, I don't think I have what it takes to speak in front of this particular audience. But then I think, you know what? Even if I'm the token, even if I'm the only brown girl or black girl, whatever it is there, they didn't scrape the bottom of the barrel to find someone to come and speak. Mm -hmm. Right? So obviously I have something to offer. Everything that I provide, everything that I do provides value. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go there and provide value. It may not be packaged in the way that they typically see it, or I don't sound the way that people typically sound, but you know what? I have a pretty inspiring story and everyone that resonates with everyone. doesn't matter what your background is. So I stopped being afraid. And if people want to question me, then I just make them question themselves, right? If I was a white man, would you be sitting here asking me those questions? You wouldn't. No. You wouldn't. So I'm going to need you to sit down, Karen, while I can put, I can do my presentation and teach you some things. You're funny. I, um, as you were, as you were talking about how you kind of put her in her place, I think that it's, um, it's so important for us to believe in ourselves. Absolutely. Because there's always going to be a Becky or a Karen or a Chad. There's all, I mean, there's always going to be that person, right? Yeah. That is, is butthurt that they haven't been asked to speak. Exactly. What, you know, they, they just, they just butthurt. They're hurt. They haven't been. So that what they're going to do is instead of trying to figure out a way to, you know, get that opportunity next time, work for that opportunity. They're going to try to cut you at your knees. So yeah. you feel slightly insecure before you get on stage. And so I have to say, I, um, I'm just going to say this for everyone listening, because I know my audience, they, they know that I'm confident and I've, I've worked a lot on my self-esteem and my, and my worth and my value, which is what I help them to do as well. You know, within my membership community, mind your own business. That's the name of my membership community. Mind. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's called, it's, yeah, it's mind your own business. Focus on yourself and mindset before business, right? right. You, all, you know this, I'm sure when you work with your students who come to you for e-commerce, you could give them all the strategy in the world. But if their mind's not right. It's, it, what's the point? That, so my whole thing is like mindset, mindset, mindset. But I, um, I have always struggled with Vivian is that I have the, I've, I've, I've never owned it, right? Like that's what, mm. that's what this past year and a half of my, recovery has really shown me is like nothing was ever lacking nothing was ever missing it was just me not owning it mm. you know and yeah. 
what I love about what you just said is like, you had to deal with that. You had to deal with that bitch saying something to you. Excuse my language. I don't care if anyone's offended that I just said that. That's I just said it. You had to deal with that Becky bitch saying that to you. And when you were literally, you were going to leave that room. And I'm just, without sounding patronizing, I'm so proud of you. Okay. I'm so proud of you for you, like standing up for yourself and owning it and just being like, just saying it back to her. Like you're just saying what you needed to say. I hope you didn't take that personally. Like that I'm saying that I'm proud of you. Why would I take that person? Well, you know, some, people, <laughs> some, people, some people think that's like a little patronizing, but it's just like, it's just so much to, um, you, you know, you're going to have to deal with so much pushback. You have so many layers of obstacles that you have to overcome as a black woman, right? Your whole life. And so what I really admire about you and what I want my audience to hear is like develop, knowing who you are, believing in yourself and developing a thick skin. You've had to develop a thick skin. I had to, I didn't have a choice. So yeah. it's like, so now it's like, well, now you're just going to get, like, I always say that I was probably before all this happened, I was probably operating at 80% Vivian. Wow. But now it's like, I'm operating at 100% black as fuck Vivian. Like you are going, like, I'm not, I don't care if you don't understand the music I'm playing because this is who I am. Right. I don't care if you don't like my, my long nails because this is who I've always been. Um, but what you're going, what you're not going to do is make me, tone myself down or dim my light to make you feel more comfortable so that you, I can fit whatever image you have as a, as a successful intra- entrepreneur. Cause guess what? We look like all kinds of shit. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we run the gamut. So just get used to what I look like because this is what it looks like. This if you don't is- like it, you can go kick rocks with flip flops. Yeah. Re- I'm going to steal that. Can I take yes. that from me? I'll, yes, I'll, I'll, yes, I'll cut it too because I love it. All right. I, that's oh, no, I got it from someone else. So I don't even know. Okay. I don't even remember who I got it from. <laughs> so I would actually love to know the distinction between what was it like operating at 80% versus 100%. The feeling. I want to know the feeling and I want to know, know the thought behind operating at 80 and I want to know the thought process behind operating at 100 and also now what it feels like, 80 versus 100. Well, what it feels like is that now, you know, since I doubled my audience, it just feels like I can still be myself. Yeah. No matter, it doesn't, like, my audience diversified, a lot more white women. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can still be myself. Like, I don't feel like I'm being any less Vivian than I was. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not walking on eggshells and not afraid to talk about race. Because before it was like, let's just not even talk about it because I'm not trying to make a white girl cry. Because I'm one of those people, it's like, either I say it or I don't. And when I say it, it is said. <laughs> right? So, yeah. uh, so now it's like, I just say things and I don't worry about what you have to say or what you, how you feel. And it's not that I don't care about other people's feelings, but it's like, what I'm tired of doing is you trying to downplay my experiences. This is what I've actually been through. And I'm explaining that to you so that you can change your behavior so that other people who look like me don't have to go through that anymore. Right. But if you're not willing to listen and to change and to do those things, then why are you even bothering yourself? Why are you trying to like take me out of your feed? Because you're just diversifying your feed for, for shits and giggles. And because it's for, it's a trend. Cause it makes you feel good about yourself. It makes you feel good about yourself. So like for me operating at 100% just feels like there was this glass ceiling or this weight that I was carrying. And I didn't realize I was carrying. And now that weight is gone. And it's like, now I'm just 100% black as fuck. 
You literally don't give a fuck. I literally do not give two kicks. And, you know, as women, you already know, like, as a woman, you know, giving to, like, having to worry about, oh, what's so-and-so going to think, and am I, am I, uh, 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 you know, just as a, just as a gender, right? So just as a black woman, we've, like, you know, we've doubled down on that. So now it's like, I do not care. If right. you don't like it, it is not my problem. It is a very, um, it is a very liberating feeling when you truly yeah. do not care. Yeah. Um, you know, the, my family's mantra growing up was, but what will people think? That's mm. how I was raised. Yeah. So I think that's every person of color. It was like, what will be, don't, don't talk too loudly. Don't be too loud. The name, you know, yeah. the Goldsteins yeah. are going to hear you. Yeah. Right? And, um, oh my God. And I remember when I was 20 and I got diagnosed, I'm now medication free, but I was diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder when I was 20. And the first thing my mother said to me when we got outside our, you know, fancy psychiatrist's office on Lexington Avenue, she said, don't tell anyone. And I said, why? And she goes, you know how people are. I understand as a mother, her intention. My mother, she's my mother, right? Like, I don't, I don't blame her for it. I get it. She's very protective mama bear to the T. But what that did in that moment was to be like, you have to be ashamed of something. Like, you you need to keep this a secret. So the, um, and so as I got older and after I got divorced, especially, and then went to rehab twice, and I just, I share it all. I just share it all. And I, but I've learned how to, you know, how to storytell in a very kind of strategic kind of way. Um, and I think um, you train people how to treat you, right? So now my mother never tells me, don't say this or don't say that. She just knows. And that's the kind of thing that vibe that I'm getting for you is like, you're, you're just showing up as you. Your audience can leave you stay with you. You don't give a shit because ultimately what matters most to you is that you are operating at a hundred percent in alignment. Exactly. Can I sleep at night? Yes, I can. Oh my, I say, I say, can I, can I sleep at night? Can I look at myself in the mirror and honestly have respect for the person staring at that is, yeah. that is my measure of success. Yeah. You yeah. know, and listen, it's not like I'm out here, you know, being mean spirited mm-hmm. or, um, you know, saying things that aren't true or like I would, like I, I, it's not like I sit here calling people out all the time. It's not, it's not anyone who's known me before all this knows that that's just not my right. style. Right. Right. But at this point it's like, well, I'm just going to, I, I've always kept it real. So I'm just going to keep it real everywhere. Every which way. I think when people, when, when, when people hear like, you know, my, my whole thing is like, you care too much what other people think. I, I, people immediately think that that means that you have to start being a dick. And it's like, no, it's not about being rude to other people and cutting people down. It's just say what you mean and mean what you say. If you, ha- if you, if you feel something about something, don't not say it because you're too worried about offending. I mean, I mean all the, honestly, as annoying as all the Beckys and Karens were of the world, when their true colors started coming out, I actually think that created, that created a, a space for a more open dialogue, right? Because if we can start seeing your true colors and if you're, so be yourself and be open to change and be willing to shut the fuck up and listen and learn, right? So it's like, I, if going back to the very first thing that you said in the beginning of our conversation is like people were, you know, deleting comments or shutting off comments so they wouldn't look bad and wouldn't be criticized. I would rather have you be open to, you know, criticism and then learn from it than just being like, wait, I'm immune to it. Don't say anything to me. Right. Um, that's, that's a fixed mindset. So you can't, can't grow from that. No. And then, you know, especially when you, all these women were talking about, Oh, I'm going to empower you and it pays to be brave. And you know, I'm going to give you courage. 
this is where we need you to show up. This is some hard shit. Where's the courage? Where's the bravery? Where's all the empowerment that you were preaching to women that look like you? How about you, how about you use that same language and empower yourself like, and do the things that you said you wanted to do for everybody mm-hmm. or whatever the heck they were saying? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so how do you, um, how, so as far as in your business, right? So I know that you're, you're doing e-commerce and you have a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, I know a lot of my audience, they do work and make money online. So I'm just kind of curious, what, what do you have going on with Shopify and, and all that good stuff? Yeah, well, my official title is that I'm a biz, I'm the founder and CEO of Kinky Curly Yaki, which is a textured hair extensions company for black women. I'm also a business encouragement coach. That's what I like to call myself. Or empowerment, empowerment coach. Because, um, you know, you don't need sometimes strategy. You can learn that on YouTube or, you know, in a blog or whatever. But it's that whole mindset thing. So there's that. And then um, I do have that tangible strategy thing, which is Shopify prep school. So what it is, is I teach you how to get your uh, e-commerce, your online store up and running um, with the essentials, because a lot of people just have problems with getting started um, or they get overwhelmed by Shopify because it is a lot. Um, And so I just teach you how to set it up and get you up and running and making money online. That's beautiful. I got in my unsolicited two cents, I actually love business encouragement. I, yeah. I, know you, I know you said that accidentally, uh, but, and then you said business empowerment, but I'm like, I like business encouragement. I think we all yeah. need encouragement. I love yeah. that. Um, yeah. okay, that's cool. I, uh, I don't know much about Shopify. I remember feeling like it was very daunting. So I would definitely learn from you. If I want to exactly. go back down the Shopify route, I will definitely, um, I will definitely reach back out to you and um, I'll make sure I put the link for my audience. Let me ask you a question, Vivian. We, um, well, I've been asking you questions this whole time. So. Uh, <laughs> the, given that the name of the show is Being Human with Vasavi, how do you give yourself permission to be human each and every day? Mm, good question. How do I give myself permission to be me every day? I, you know what? I just show up as I am. So, um, you know, one of, the, one of the things that people love about me is my Instagram stories. So I show up on there... Um, in all kinds of moods, when I'm happy, when I'm sad, when I'm mad. Um, And it shows people that it's okay to have the range of emotions on social media, right? So I think by showing that, that makes me human because especially as someone who's, you know, done the things that I've done and I guess people could see me as a quote unquote guru, they're tired of seeing these perfect feeds with, you know, perfect, um, you know, here's my revenue goals and here are my, here are my stretch marks and here are my, <laughs> you know, here's my perfect family and here's my perfect this and that where I show up with my rolls and my, 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 my chin hair and my, <laughs> and my broken nails and I'm happy or I'm sad or I'm mad. Like I just show up as I am. And so then it encourages people to just shine. Like, that's my thing. So I just want to shine so bright to give people the permission to also shine. You don't have to shine like me because, you know, diamonds shine, the sun shines, light shine, penny shine. It doesn't matter what kind of shine you, you are, you can still shine. So that's, that's, how I, that's how I show up as human. That's just being me and giving people permission to do that as well. Thank you so much. You, uh, the, uh, you know, how I, I know a lot of women listening, especially have been told that they're too much. Yeah. When I hear you say that you show up when you're angry, when you're sad, I'm like, 
as the girl who was diagnosed with a mood disorder, this is like music to my ears. Like, yes, like full range of emotions, right? Like up, down, side, like just completely still. Like, I, I thank you so much for just showing up as you. And thank you for no longer operating at 80% and being at your 100 because we need more 100s. We need more 100s. I really appreciate you. Um, hold on, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and pause, but um, I, I really appreciate you being on. So thank you so much. No, you're absolutely welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. For even more inspiration and motivation to be the person you were born to be, grab my free guide on the 10 must-have habits of ultra-confident women over at vasavikumar.com forward slash guide. If you got some golden nuggets from today's episode, which I have no doubt you did, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a heartfelt review. And remember, when you know yourself, you can be, do, and have anything you want. If you love today's episode, then say it out loud. Subscribe, leave a review, and come say hi over on Instagram at my name is Vasavi. Until next time, say it out loud.